This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. This occurred around 1999-2000. My best friend and I were avid outdoor adventurers and amateur pot growers. We would frequently find secluded places in the woods that allowed for ample light and shade for the plants to grow and that would not allow them to be found easily. One particular day, we went to an annex of trails located near a New Jersey State Park trail system. The trails weren't in the park, but I had hiked them before and knew they weren't that frequented. We had gone out that day with our seeds partially sprouted and moist paper towels. We parked the car on the trailhead and started to hike in. We covered a mile or so and then we ventured off trail into the woods. We found a clearing, planted the seeds, and tied a few barely visible ribbons off to mark the way to spot our plants to check on them in the future. My friend and I got back on the trail and started walking back to the car. When my friend noticed a man in the other direction just staring at us. He was probably in his 30s or 40s, bald head, normal clothes. We didn't think much of it for the most part, but we definitely kept looking back as anyone would have with someone behind them in the woods. We saw he was walking 60 or so feet behind us. It seemed weird, but it was probably more so due to us having anxiety since we planted the seeds. We picked up the pace, but the man seemed to pick up his pace as we weren't gaining any distance. At one point, we just decided to get off the trail and let him pass. We turned off the trail and walked into the thicket of sticker bushes, which I remember vividly getting shredded on. We got deeper into the woods and heard cursing. When we turned around, the man was coming through where we entered. It was at that moment that we actually became scared. Mind you, we were two young, strong 19-year-olds, but a man following you into the woods is damn creepy. We kind of made a U maneuver and outflanked him and came out of the woods a bit further down the trail. Once on the trail, we ran. As we were running, there was a fork in the trail and my best friend went right and I went left. I realized my mistake as my buddy was going down the correct path and I wasn't. So I turned around and started running back towards the fork to follow my friend. As I was running towards the direction we came from to get to the fork, I could see the man running towards me down the trail. He was a distance away, but not far enough in my eyes. Survival mode kicked in and I ran as hard as I could. I caught up with my friend who was walking at that point. I screamed that he's after us and we both booked it all the way to the car. We got into the car shaking and out of breath. We backed up and started to get out of the parking lot when the man appeared at the trailhead. I always wondered what that was all about. 
Did he want to kill a couple of 19-year-olds? Was he also doing some illegal things in the woods and wanted us gone? My buddy and I still laugh and talk about that day 22 years later. I'm so glad I found this subreddit because I love remembering this story. It's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. Also, this was in ninth grade. There was this huge state park right outside of the town I lived in. My friend and I would go down the trails every now and then. We had been walking for maybe 10 minutes when we realized there was an older woman not far behind us. I only really noticed because of how out of place she looked. Like she came straight out of the old folks home and just was dropped into the woods. We were joking around about how creepy she was and sped up to put some distance between us. But every time we did, we looked back and still be able to spot her. We did this probably three times. We still thought it was funny though. We ended up running down the trail until we got to a small bridge. We hopped off the bridge into the creek and then went around the bend. We could still see the bridge from where we were. We were cracking up the whole time when we saw the old lady again. We had run for a good couple minutes like she shouldn't have caught up to us that fast and it was like she had gotten off the trail because she was standing on the bridge looking around. I think that's when we stopped thinking it was funny. As soon as she left, we took off running the other way. That was it though. Nothing happened. I just always thought the whole thing was creepy. A few months ago, my girlfriend and I were on a drive back home from a late night concert about 1am. We were basically in the middle of nowhere and I decided to pull off at a random rest stop to use the bathroom. I figured at this time the only people at this place would be either truckers and other people in the same situation as me. I got out of my car and walked up to the building and as soon as I stepped inside there was a few weird things that I noticed. So this place is laid out with two men's rooms and two women's rooms, two vending machines, one in both corners on either side of the restroom doors. When I walk in there were two people, both of them standing directly in front of each of the vending machines both just staring at the vending machines, not reaching to get money, or actually attending to buy something. So I walked past these people and went into the first restroom. I walked inside and I was the only person in the restroom, using the urinals, which is laid out in a U-shape. A few seconds later, someone else walks in, an older guy, maybe 50 or 60, working class looking guy. He walked over and started using the urinal right behind me, about a few feet away. Nothing about this was very alarming at first, but being a careful person that I am, I already have my pocket knife open in my hand, in my front hoodie pocket. Once I finish up, I go to wash my hands and walk out the door to the first restroom. As I walked out, I realized I also had to take a shit, so to avoid being awkward, I walk into the second men's restroom, taking a note that these weird vending machine people were in the same exact spot. I go into the first stall and try to go about my business when I hear someone else walk into the restroom and go into the stall right beside me. Keep in mind, there are about six open stalls away from mine. I thought that was very weird, so I looked down and immediately recognized the work boots as the guy in the first bathroom. This guy just walked in and I wasn't even in there for two minutes. I immediately got up and left the bathroom. I started to speed walk out the building 
and I noticed from outside, looking back inside, he also quickly got up and was heading towards the outside doors. I hopped in my car, waking up my girlfriend, and told her I would explain in a minute. I put the car into reverse and whipped out of the spot. As I was shifting into drive, I looked up and saw this guy only a few feet away, standing next to his old beat down truck, literally staring me down as I started to drive away. I stared directly back at him and saw him make a really creepy, mime-like, surprised look at me. I was really tired and confused, but I still don't know what this guy was planning at the rest stop in the middle of nowhere at 1am, or if the vending machine people had anything to do with it at all. This is one of the only times I've experienced something like this, and I felt actual danger. If anyone has any similar experiences or ideas of what this may have been, I would love to hear it. I'll preface this by saying that we were 12 or 13 at the time, and my friend and I often snuck out of either of our houses during sleepovers for late night walks. This was the basis for this terrifying encounter, and it stopped us from sneaking out after dark again. My friend lived opposite of a huge forest, so her house was the preferred choice to sneak out of and us to roam the night because the forest was more scary and thrilling. We always took flashlights, food, and blankets so we could camp out for a couple hours before going back home. Well, on this fateful night, we inadvertently fell asleep instead of staying awake, so my friend suddenly jolted me awake from sleep. It was past 3 a.m., a lot later than we usually snuck out at. We grabbed our essentials and crept out the back door into the cold, dark night. Frost crunched underfoot as we crossed the deserted road and we reached the entrance to the forest. We noticed how pitch black and completely silent it was, unnervingly so. We turned on our flashlights and stepped onto the uneven path into the forest. The light illuminating the trees, swaying in the icy wind. We stepped on fallen leaves and bark as we made our unsteady but familiar way into our favorite part of the forest. Our cold breath was the only noise to invade the deafening silence. We reached a small hut we constructed one afternoon, made entirely of sticks, purely for the purpose of having shelter for our campouts. There were times that vandals or other kids damaged our hut but for the most part it stayed intact. On this occasion it was completely destroyed, a sign of worse to come. We were just deciding to call it a night and come back later in the day to repair the hut when we heard it. This loud shrieking giggle that made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. My friend and I jumped up in shock and looked at each other like, what the fuck? We were completely freaked out. The eerie and unnatural giggle rang out again, contradicting the silence and making my entire body break out in goosebumps. Someone is in here, my friend whispered at me, looking utterly terrified. We gotta go now. Her voice of rationale made it even more scary and unnerving that someone was in the forest with us at 3 o'clock in the morning. We just looked at each other and took off running in unison our footsteps navigating the path as naturally as we could from muscle memory. Our uneven gas of air punctuating the giggle that seemed to be following us, getting closer and closer. Our flashlights went up and down with the fast movements, 
illuminating random patches of trees and bushes as we finally saw a small sliver of light as we came through the forest entrance. Right out of the forest, we didn't stop until we reached the back door of my friend's house and almost collapsed in a breathless heap of relief to be safe. Then my friend's eyes went wide and she nudged me, pointing a shaking finger across the road. A haggard woman, middle-aged, was standing at the forest entrance, giggling the awful horrifying giggle and was waving over at us. We screamed and ran inside and looked out from my friend's bedroom window through the smallest gap in the curtain and could still see the woman standing there. Where she at, she was staring right at us as if she knew we were there. We could tell she was giggling a hideous appalling laugh. She turned very slowly and walked back into the forest again. We never went back to that forest, nor did we go out after dark again. I was about 30 years old and my girlfriend and I decided to go camping for a couple of nights in a spot that she knew of in British Columbia. It wasn't any sort of official campground or anything, but it was a spot that you could pull over and park on the side of the highway to get into it. So we did and then we trekked in with our gear into the woods that were between the highway and the waterway. After about 20 minutes of walking along a well-used trail, we got to an area where there were a few old foundations from abandoned buildings, including at least one with an intact set of concrete stairs. This spot also opened up into a nice little beach on the ocean and had a nice space to set up the tent beside the trail that we had been walking along. So within a half hour the tent was set up, a fire was prepared, and we had chopped up enough wood for the night. I decided to have a look at how much further the trail went my girlfriend took her journal down to the beach to write. I wasn't gone very long, as within a few hundred yards the trail came to an abrupt end at the base of a cliff. It was maybe 40 to 50 feet high and ran out into the water in one direction and out of eyesight in the other. I did try to follow it inland, but the forest became quite dense very quickly, so I had to stop within 30 minutes of exploring. I headed back to our camp and headed down to the beach. My girlfriend and I spent the rest of the afternoon there, and around 6pm we went back to our site. I started up the fire, we cooked some dinner, and had some wine. So far this was a very nice little getaway. After tidying up everything and letting the fire die down, we got ready for bed and slipped into the tent to sleep. For whatever reason I grabbed the axe from the stump that I had used to split the firewood earlier and brought it into the tent. Not something I normally did previously when camping, maybe because of the unofficial nature of this campsite. As is usually the case when camping, I fell asleep almost immediately. The exercise and fresh air do that to me every time. While asleep, a storm system had rolled in and it started to rain, heavily. Being the good Cub Scout I was, I had taken the time to spread the tarp over the tent so none of the rain was hitting our tent and much of the wind was blocked as well. We were nice and snug, but the storm was making some very loud sounds which made it hard for me to fall back asleep. Around 2 or 3 in the morning I was pulled out of a light sleep by what sounded like footsteps coming down the trail. By this time of night the storm had mostly passed and the only other sound was light rain hitting the tarp. 
I half sat up and through the tent material, I could see a light coming down the trail, matching these footsteps. That got my attention really quickly. Who the fuck would be out here in the middle of the night along a trail that is well off the beaten track and ends about a football field or so past where we are? Suddenly the light and the footsteps stop moving and the light goes out. What the fuck? Now it's one thing to be out here walking along in the middle of the night, but why would you feel the need to turn off your flashlight? The footsteps resume towards us, but now at a slower speed and softer. I reached over and grabbed the axe. Quietly, I took the cover off of it and slightly nudged my girlfriend. Don't say anything, but someone's approaching the campsite on the trail. She gave me a quizzical look, and I just shrugged my shoulders and nodded in the direction that the person was coming from. Almost immediately, she picked up on the sound of the footsteps, which were both closer and slower. We looked at each other with freaked out expressions. I showed her the axe and she looked relieved. The footsteps had stopped very close to our tent. For about 5-10 to 10 minutes, there was no movement from outside, although we could hear whoever this was breathing. Finally, I called out and said, Hey, whoever's out there, do you need any help? Once I said that, the flashlight turned back on and was shined against our tent a few times and around our campsite a few more. Abruptly, the person began to walk down the trail again in the direction of the cliff. Very quickly, they were out of sight down the trail so I took the opportunity to get my jeans and boots on in case there was some sort of further weirdness when they came back since there was nowhere for them to go once they got to the cliff. After about 20 minutes of waiting, they still hadn't returned, so I got out of the tent and started a fire. My girlfriend got dressed and came out to join me. After another 20 to 30 minutes, we made some coffee and sat there, keeping warm by the fire. We sat there till the sun came up, no one ever came back down the trail. Once it was fully bright, I took the axe and made my way along the path until I got to the cliff. No sign of last night's visitor to be seen. I slowly made my way back to the campsite, looking carefully to each side to see if there was any trails I missed. We packed up immediately and left. To this day, I have no idea who this person was, where they came from, or where they disappeared to. Needless to say, I never went back to camp there again. Ten years ago, my wife and I planned a hike at Mount St. Helens on Mother's Day. It was the last weekend to hike to the summit without permits. The mountain is still covered with snow at that time of the year, typically, so the tradition is that everyone hikes up the mountain wearing a skirt, which actually made climbing easier. And once you reach the summit, most people either ski or sled down the mountain. We were offered a chance to play some music the night before in Seattle, so we were late getting started in the morning. In fact, we were the last ones to start up the mountain. Well, it was a beautiful sunny day and pretty warm. We struggled to reach the summit because the snow had melted so fast that even snowshoes barely kept us from sinking and sliding. We knew that the daylight was going to be running out soon and quickly started sledding down the mountain. We were by far the last people on the mountain. There really isn't much signage, but we knew where we needed to be. Right before the tree lunge, the turnoff that is crucial and easy to miss in the snow, especially if someone is skiing or sledding. We picked up our sleds and start the final hike to the car through the woods. Just then my wife's cell phone beeped 
after finding a signal and we left that she had left it on the entire hike. We continued on until we ran into a couple hiking back up the hill. Very unusual. They stopped and asked if we were the last hikers on the mountain and we said yes. The woman started crying and told us they had reached the summit and her mother wanted to ski down ahead and would meet them at the car. When they got to the car, her mother wasn't there. They couldn't reach her by phone so they were climbing back up to find her as it was getting dark. We told them that we had just gotten a signal on my wife's phone and before they continued to please call their friends waiting at the car. They called. Their mother was still missing. We were all scared at this point. As we were talking on the phone, their friends said they saw the car and her mother got out. Everyone rejoiced. So the mother skied down the hill, missed a turnoff, and ended up 8 miles down on a snow-covered road that was rarely used. Someone was on the road and gave her a lift to the car. If we had ended the call earlier, they would have continued up the mountain and would have likely been lost. About two years ago, me and my family moved from New Jersey to Florida for a fresh start. Before I start my encounter, I want to iterate my mental state at the time because it contributes to how I acted at the time of the story. So the night of the move, my mother had just got a call from a close family friend. She had just become pregnant and had started to have complications and feared she had lost a baby. My mother, being the awesome woman she is, went over to help and watched her young son, can't remember his age at the time, and calmed my friend down and told her to go to the hospital to be sure and get it checked out. She and her husband rushed to the hospital and luckily she hadn't lost a baby. But it wasn't until 1 in the morning until my mother got back and I was still up waiting for her to get back. So yes, we were dead tired the next day when we packed up everything for the long trip to our new home in Florida. While my father, who had slept through the whole ordeal the night before, was not. But that's just me bitching. Anyway, I'm driving with my mother while my father is in another car. And I'm not exactly happy about the move. So tired and upset, we continued with our trip. We had always driven from New Jersey to Florida for years and never had any really weird experiences out on the road. I'm not sure about my parents, but they never talked to me about anything creepy in my 22 years I had been alive and had traveled with them. And trust me, they love to tell me stories, and I do too. So when this happened, I was totally unprepared for it. What happened the night before certainly didn't help. So we stopped at one of the many stops on our way to Florida, and I think we were in the Carolinas or somewhere near there when we stopped. Now if you ever traveled by car, a rest stop is a place kind of like a civic center rest area. These places are for travelers who either needed a minute to stretch, go to the bathroom, or a place where they can safely rest for the night in their cars. These places are usually well lit and have vending machines for anyone who needs a snack or drink. It was late, maybe 9 or 10 at night, and we stopped to stretch our legs and go to the bathroom. I wanted a few snacks so I asked my mother for a few bucks. She gave them to me and I entered the little enclosed area that contained these machines. So I'm standing there alone picking what I wanted when this woman comes in. She's a short, skinny older woman who dressed nice with bleach blonde hair. When I glanced at her and smiled politely, 
She came right up to me and held her hand out to shake and introduce herself. Dumbfounded, I shake her hand back and stupidly told her my name. After that, she launches into this tale about how she lost her wedding ring, had a head wound, and her car was out of gas, and she needed some money and other things that I honestly can't remember. I'm just standing there listening and trying to figure out a way to get out of this situation. Now you have to understand, this was literally the first time anyone has ever approached me at one of these stops. Mostly because I don't think I have the most friendly face for people to approach for help. Even though I'm a girl, I'm taller around 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, taller than most girls at least, broad shoulders, and I resemble my father, who doesn't have the most welcoming face either. But me, I'm a bleeding heart, and I never want to be rude to people. But in this situation, I would have been if it hadn't been out of the blue. When I'm in situations that are new to me, I tend to freeze up and can't think straight. I don't know how to act or what to do in these situations. As you can guess, I'm a big introvert and socially awkward, but I don't have a problem telling people to fuck off. But in this situation, I'm outright panicking and just want to get away from this weird woman. And I say weird because the head injury she mentioned, she didn't have one, not even a bruise, and she was talking so fast and non-stop, I couldn't even tell her I couldn't help her or even try. For some reason at that moment, being polite was more important than getting away. So I'm standing there, exhausted to my bones, about to shove the little money I have at her, when my mother walks in. My badass mother comes right over and says what I can't say and tells me to come to her. The woman takes a step back and I realize how close she was. I hadn't even noticed that she was steadily coming closer as she was talking. She tells my mother how beautiful and nice I was, when really I look like a greasy mess, as I don't really care about my appearance when I take a road trip. My mother doesn't really respond, and she has me by my arm walking towards the bathroom, asking if I'm okay. That woman got the fuck out of there and goes the opposite direction of where she said her car was. Looking back on it all, at the time I thought she was just weird, and I was certainly weirded out by all of it. But I just thought, whatever. But after listening to YouTube, Let's Not Meet, and the such, I realized how lucky I was two years later that that situation hadn't escalated. I think the reason why she approached me was because I had a wad of money in my hand. They were folded and looked like I had a lot more than I really did. I probably only had six bucks on me. And because it was probably obvious to her how tired I was and how much of an easy score she could have gotten. In my tired, grumpy state, she probably planned to rob me. So if any of you reading this, I hope you aren't planning on traveling alone. But if you are, be careful of people, even completely normal looking ones. You can never be too careful, especially all the people looking for an easy score. So weird woman who was lying through her teeth, wanting the six bucks in my hand. Let's not meet again. When I was roughly 13, a very close friend of mine invited me and my sister to come to her and her sister's birthday party at a campground. Megan and I were walking around the campground just messing around with our sisters following somewhere behind us. The adults knew what we were doing and we live in a relatively small town so they knew most of the people at the campground so it wasn't weird for us to be allowed to walk around the loop. 
We passed the camper when we were nearing the pond they had there. Megan said she knew the people who were staying there and they had a girl who was close to our age and she had a brother. We stopped by and asked if the girl wanted to walk with us. She accepted and we were off again. I don't remember the girl's name but she kept on mentioning her brother and how he told her they thought I was cute when we stopped by the camper. We walked to the pond and probably played in it a bit, then started walking back towards the girl's camper. When we get there, she said to me, wait, my brother texts me, he wants to talk to you. He comes out and tells me I'm pretty and we exchange numbers. The next day we're texting when I asked him his age. He was 19. I tell him I'm 13 and he says, it doesn't matter and I can still be his girlfriend. I remember feeling weird after that. I just ended up blocking him after a few days of him texting me and me hardly replying hoping that he would stop. On Sunday, my best friend, my boyfriend and I went camping about 20 miles from where I live. We got there around noon and set up a spot. My boyfriend and I had to sleep in a tent and my best friend in the car. We were having a wonderful day and a good time, drinking and smoking weed and eating lots of good snacks, just sticking around. It got dark and super cold, so we went to the car to warm up for a bit and listen to some music. My boyfriend had a lot of Jamerson and some beers and really wanted to take the flashlights and explore the small mountain next to our site. I'm an anxious person and even more when I'm inebriated, so I'm panicking a bit but he assures me that it would be a quick walk and we had service so I knew I could call or text him. He comes back about 20 minutes later. We got into the tent and he says, shit didn't feel right. I asked him what he meant and he said that he wasn't alone out there. Now, he's had a slew of supernatural experiences throughout his life so it's not uncommon to hear these things from him. He said we were okay because he talked to him. He just kept repeating, if we respect his lands, he'll respect us. There's so much more in this world than this life than just us, but we're safe. If we respect the land, they will respect us. He basically reiterated the same point in different ways. Then he would smile and try to assure me everything was fine. I told him he was scaring me because I do believe him, but because he was also drunk, it seemed like he was almost in a dreamlike state. We lay down to get warm because it was fucking cold. I started hearing footsteps and scratching around the tent, but nothing was there. After a few minutes, my anxiety got the best of me, and we packed up and went home. I'm not sure how much he remembers, and I'm too afraid to ask. My 25-year-old female friend from college told me a harrowing story that happened to her and her friends in high school. She is from Buffalo, New York and often went on camping trips to local upstate campgrounds. When she was a senior, her and four of her friends went to a campsite fitted with rows of cabins on the water that people could rent. As the sun went down, the girls noticed that their neighbors a few cabins down, a group of guys similar in age, were playing music and grooving around the campfire, drinking beers. One of the guys asked them if they wanted to join. 
When they got over there and started to hang out with the guys, everything seemed completely normal and they were having a fun time. As the night progressed, one of the guys started getting blackout drunk and eventually pulled out a revolver that he said belonged to his dad. He started waving it around and playing with it. This obviously freaked everyone out, his own friends included. Eventually, he started pointing the gun to his head and laughing, while his friends were yelling at him to put it away and how it was not funny. The girls at this point were fairly disturbed and told the guys that they should get back to their cabin and said their goodbyes. When they got back to their cabin, they all talked about how freaky that was and expressed concern for the drunk guy. They then moved on to other topics of conversation and forgot about it for the time being. A few hours later, sometime in the middle of the night, they heard a loud bang coming from the direction of the neighbor's cabin. Shortly after this, a barrage of cop cars showed up on the scene. One officer came to my friend's cabin and started asking them questions about the cabin they visited earlier that night. My friends asked the officer what happened. He explained that the kid had shot himself in the head in front of his friends. They were unable to discern if it was suicide or accidental. My friend to this day still has PTSD over this incident and explained that's why she rarely goes camping anymore. I know the story may sound fictional. A lot of people don't believe me when I tell them, but I can assure you that the only other person involved also witnessed what occurred that strange night. This happened 11 years ago with my ex-girlfriend. It actually changed her relationship for the worse, and we ended up breaking up a few weeks later. Nonetheless, I still remember this like it was yesterday due to how unexplainable it was. My girlfriend at the time wanted to surprise me with what she said was an overnight surprise trip. I obliged and felt like a pretty lucky guy for her to do something that required so much planning. After packing a duffel bag full of clothes and toiletries, we left for what I thought was a resort or some kind of hotel stay. Two and a half hours passed when we pulled off the main road and headed down an off-road path. I asked her if this was a camping trip and she replied, yes. To be honest, I was a little disappointed as I didn't really like going camping and not to mention, I wish I would have known to pack my hiking shoes. I didn't complain of course because it was still a romantic gesture. 15 minutes on this road, we finally pulled into a camping ground. The first thing I noticed was that there really wasn't anyone around us. It made sense though, this is really far off the beaten path. I was actually surprised her car made it that far, considering how harsh the road was. Anyway, we make a fire pit and she cooks dinner. Everything is going just fine and we're really feeling each other. We of course take out the tent as the sun goes down and we're vibing off each other. Yeah, it's what you would expect would happen as we began moving things along as young college age kids do. This is where the first strange occurrence happens. I hear scratching noises on the side of the tent. I try to remember if we set our tent up next to brush Maybe the wind was causing branches to rustle against the tent. Oh well, that's the woods. Maybe it's a bird or something else. It stops rustling and we continue chilling as if nothing happened. Then things escalate in a strange manner. It's like the wind stopped and the environment became silent. 
we both felt super uneasy, causing us to sort of get knocked out of our playful mood. She laid next to me as we were trying to concentrate on listening to hear if it was a bear or some other animal in the area. Then it happened in an instant. Something like an explosion hit our tent tremendously hard. I could compare it to say if a log was thrown like a batting ram against the side of the tent. I say this because it literally pushed the material in forcefully and felt dangerous. A surge of adrenaline lit through my body as I felt like something violent was outside the tent. I never knew if I was a fight or flight guy, but I guess my next action gives me some idea. I yelled aloud, Give me the knife and the flashlight. As I scrambled up to unzip the tent with tools in hand, my first thought was that I was going to confront some psycho that was messing with us with a baseball bat or some kind of battering weapon. I kid you not, I launched myself out of the tent, stood up in a flurry to confront my attacker. A few breaths pass as the cold feeling sets in. I do a 360 scan to nothing but silence and darkness. Maybe it was a branch that fell on the tent. There was absolutely nothing on the ground where the thud was heard and fell. Hello? Hello? I yelled again. And again, no response. Until a moment later, in the silence, a chill shot up my spine. Get the keys and get out of the tent. I said in a frantic tone as my girlfriend listened and now joined me. I looked at her car that we arrived in and noticed it was about 30 yards out by the Saudi off-road path. She didn't even need to know what I was thinking as we both just started speed walking towards it. You might think at this point that I'm just overreacting, but truly I cannot describe the terror that washed over me when I looked out into the darkness after investigating the tent. I could feel like something was watching me, and to top it off, it was eerily silent. I know she confirmed my suspicions when she started for the car immediately without question. Our instincts were telling us to get the hell out of there. The walk to the car was unnerving and it felt like a football field away, but we finally got to the car. With keys in hand, I took the driver's seat. After turning the key, led to some relief that the engine started. Instinctively, I locked the doors and turned the headlights on. We sat for about three seconds trying to rationalize what just happened when my girlfriend started exclaiming, My laptop is moving. Something is in the tent. She said this because she brought her laptop to serve as a lantern after dark. We, of course, left it in a hurry, as well as other items. I saw what she saw. It was being rustled around 30 yards away. Without further hesitation, I put the car in gear and started down the rough road. As I tried to calmly drive her car down the dirt path, quickly but carefully, the strangest thing happened next. A loud piercing ringing noise from inside the car's cabin I turned the radio on and off. I checked the windows, asked my girlfriend if her car ever made such noises, which she replied, no. I asked her again if she could hear it, as maybe it was just me being under stress, and she said, yes, I hear it. I don't know what it is, in a confused, panicked tone. Now, I wanted to write this off as a car problem, but if you were in there with me, you would describe it as some kind of bell continuously ringing. It didn't sound like any car noise I had ever heard. My next instinct, as I grew up a pastor's kid, 
I just remember praying for about 10 minutes or so as I convinced myself it was something supernatural or demonic. We endured the screech for about 10 grueling minutes and as to my relief it ended suddenly. It didn't fade out or just go quiet. The loud ringing literally stopped in an instant. I can't describe the feeling in the car when it stopped. It's so strange to look back and remember that I felt internally that the ordeal was over once the ring stopped. Everything felt normal. The panic, the chills, all of it went away in an instant. We ended up going down a road another 45 minutes and finally stopped at a trucker's diner. We slept in the parking lot, or at least she did. I was still on edge from the adrenaline dump I just went through. In attempted bravery, the next day we went back to the camping site as the sun was up. We investigated, but saw no tracks or anything except for the contents of the tent tossed about and still accounted for. I was hoping they were missing so we could write it off as people screwing with us and plundering our tent, but that didn't seem to be the case. We were packed up and gone in less than 10 minutes as the area still felt weird. Haven't been camping since. I would go again, but next time, I want an RV, or at least a relatively known location, with others around. This place was in the remote mountains of Payson, Arizona, far from civilization. Edit for people asking why this led to a breakup. For starters, after struggling to stay awake on the drive home, after hardly sleeping in the diner's parking lot, I was a bit cranky and mad about her dragging me out camping when I specifically told her I didn't like camping. She didn't take my statement well and said I was ungrateful. To her credit, she planned a nice gesture, unbeknownst to her, that we were going to get haunted. She also kept saying that she wasn't going to give up on camping and that I should give it another shot. I felt that that was insensitive as I told her repeatedly that I'm not interested in going out again and that also I wish she would have communicated that that was what we were doing ahead of time so that I could have brought a gun or something other than a little knife. It probably wasn't right of me to act like the incident was her fault as it wasn't. The reality was that we had only been dating for about a month and a half and I felt like I was trying to fit a mold of a person that she wanted to marry. As she made comments about she wanted her kids, family, to go camping together and whatnot. So plunging me into the deep end and wanting me to go again even shortly after the incident moving too fast for me. Also, a hiking incident happened a month later that broke the camel's back. This was when we were on a break but still talking to each other. But it solidified our breakup. It wasn't a haunting. But it was scary and dangerous as she didn't tell me that we were going mountaineering and not hiking. Loose rocks falling, free climbing up 50 foot semi cliffs. Nothing I was prepared for. She deserved a great outdoorsman and that wasn't me. This was about 4 or 5 years ago. Back when I lived with my mother in a shed on a farm surrounded by woodland. Our farmland was part of a larger piece of farmland that was split up and sold off. So we did have neighbors, though they were roughly a kilometer away from each other. We loved it because of the privacy. It wasn't like there was nobody nearby that I couldn't go to if I needed help. That though is what had me furiously walking alone at night between the hours of 7 and 8 p.m. sometimes. 
fluctuating from earlier to later depending on the day. Sometimes I even went on a walk at 2am because I was restless and couldn't sleep. Looking back, this was incredibly stupid and after this incident, I never walked after 6pm ever again, always making sure there was at least some sunlight left when I set out. The route I always took was a road circuit. The first part was in the open, in front of the other farms, including my own. If anything happened, at least one person would have noticed, and reception was pretty good, so I would have been able to call someone. The second half, on the other hand, was concealed by about 200 meters of woods between the farms and the back road, stretching a full two kilometers at the back of the farm. And it was during this part of the walk that I had my creepy encounter. It was late at night, I can't remember what time exactly, but it was pitch black with the exception of my torchlight. I was about to approach the turn in the loop that would bring me out into the open again when I heard it. Help. 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 It was a monotone voice repeatedly asking for help. It didn't seem panicked in the least. I took my headphones out and turned my music off to make sure I was hearing correctly. But it didn't stop. Help. Help. A very stupid part of me almost responded because for some reason my first instinct was, oh no, someone's in trouble. Like a naive kid even though I would have been around 16 or 17 at the time. Of course my brain kicked in and I realized that approaching that voice was just about the stupidest thing I could do. So I started quickly backing away. Unfortunately, my cat followed me on the walk and wasn't backing away with me. She was walking towards the voice, softly hissing. I remember desperately trying to get her to come back towards me without alerting the voice to my presence, just in case it hadn't noticed me yet. But I was getting scared and didn't want to stay there a moment more. So I ran forward, grabbed her, then turned around and bolted it back towards my house. I don't know if it was stupid for me to turn my back to the voice as I was making so much noise while running that there was no way they didn't know I was there and I had no way of knowing if they had given chase. I was so fucking terrified the whole time. The image of someone cloaked in the shadows chasing me entered my mind even though I couldn't hear anyone behind me. I never once slowed down until I was back safe and sound within my house. It doesn't end there though. Despite how terrifying it was, there's still a part of me that was concerned about whoever it was, because what if they really needed help? I asked my mother to drive us to the location, another very stupid decision considering what we found, that being nothing. We called out and called out, but nobody answered. We didn't get out of the car though, luckily neither of us were that stupid. We drove home having seen nothing and no one. But it still bothered me the next morning, so I had my mother drive us over there again and we searched the immediate area. Nothing. No indication that someone had been there. There was no body, which admittedly was a drastic thing to search for. I don't know if I would prefer this outcome, because at least then I would add a face to the voice. But no, we found absolutely nothing, and to this day, I have no idea who that voice belonged to and why they were calling out for help. My mind has naturally come to some chilling conclusions and theories that leave me unable to sleep. Rapist, kidnapper, serial killer, all the classic horror stories. 
but I guess I'll never really know for sure. This may be more of a near encounter, but it was still unsettling. My partner and I decided we were going to go hiking on a trail in a national forest area yesterday. It was a fairly remote area, and we drove a variety of dirt roads to get there. But we were excited to hike during the beautiful times of the year, with the leaves changing. The trailheads had some small parking area, which was approximately 200 feet before the river crossing and bridge. As we pulled into the parking area, we noticed about five people on the other side of the river embankment across the bridge. They were all standing there in a neutral stance, spread legs, arms straight out, either facing the direction or the opposite direction, with their feet nearly touching. It was difficult to tell the distance. There's maybe a slight gap in the road for a car to pass through, but they took up most of the road. They were wearing all black, and it looked like they might have had black masks on too, as we couldn't see any color or features indicative of faces. As we pulled into the parking area, my partner and I pondered what was going on over there. We stared at them for about 10 seconds, and we discovered that they were completely motionless, like statues. At this point, both of our guts were raising alarms, and we decided to hightail it out of there. As we drove away, they continued to stand there motionless. Thankfully, no one followed us. We're still trying to figure out what happened there. Was it a hunting group? If so, why weren't they wearing orange? Was it a teenage group playing a prank? Was it just our overactive imaginations? Just as a friendly reminder, there is a problem of people disappearing in national parks and forests, so be sure to stay safe and vigilant. My boyfriend and I camped through California and we stayed at a campsite near Santa Barbara for two nights. The first night it was just us and another camper across from us and the second night it was only us at the campground. There wasn't much near the campground and it was like 30 minutes drive into Santa Barbara. It had started raining around 2am which woke me up a little bit and I was just laying there trying to go back to sleep. I was almost asleep when I heard what sounded like a car crash. I laid there for a second and then decided to ask my boyfriend if he was awake. He answered so I asked him if he heard what I heard. He said yes and he decided to check it out to make sure they were okay. We get out of the tent and grab our flashlights and start walking where we thought we heard the wreck happen when a person hops back in their truck, turns their lights on and frantically leaves the campground. This freaks my boyfriend and I out because the person was driving the wrong way through the campground without headlights on towards our campsite and we were the only ones there. The camp was lined with large rocks and that's what he ran into. The fact that he was creeping right past the campground like that makes me and my boyfriend believe that he had bad intentions. We didn't sleep much for the rest of the night. So I live in a cul-de-sac in a suburban neighborhood with a medium-sized wooded area behind my house. 
My bedroom is literally next to the back sliding glass door, and every night I can hear something large moving around back there. All my cats and dogs are inside, so I know it's not them. It'll be slowly moving around back there, and then stop. I'll say something loudly, and then it'll start up again. Sometimes it will move even faster, which makes me go back inside. I don't believe it's a wolf because I've only had one encounter with one in my 12 years living here. Usually I hear wolves howling at night, but it's always from far away. I've been back in those woods during the day and seen nothing, not even a snake. It only happens in the dead of night. There's a legendary Bigfoot-like creature known as the Flintville Monster that has been spotted since it was seen and shot by cops in the 1970s, but that community is several miles away. I don't know what it could be. This happened to a group of friends and I on a camping expedition for an award program. It was the second day and we were coming to the end of a six hour walk. We were walking across a small country road. The nearest house was pretty far behind us and way out of earshot. At the end of the country road was a bridleway that ran perpendicular, probably about two miles from a nearby village. As we were approaching the bridleway, an unmarked white van came up the road and instead of stopping, he pulled in front of us. The width of the van was about the size of the country road so we couldn't get past. He rolled down his window and started asking us questions. It wasn't uncommon for the locals to ask us questions or give us words of encouragement, but this guy didn't sit right with me. Being an all-female group, and not to mention, all of us were incredibly exhausted. This was a concern of mine. I brushed it off since I didn't want to worry anyone else. I figured I'd just watch too many true crime documentaries. He asked us what we were doing, as many people had. We explained the award program that we were on. His questions began relatively normal and small talkish, but then began to get more specific. So you're camping out tonight then? We replied and said we were. We replied and said that we were ready for him to drive off so we could continue our route. Where's your campsite? This sent shivers down my spine. This may not have been anything sinister, but it was none of his business. I feigned ignorance, as if I didn't know where the campsite was, and gestured vaguely in the opposite direction of the site. Again, I was expecting him to shrug this off and just go about his day, but no. Surely you know where your campsite is. This is when one of my best friends blurted out the name of the campsite. I froze for a second, but luckily he didn't hear this. He began to ask us questions like, is it near? Is it that way? What does it look like? This was far too specific for my liking, so I maintained that I had no idea. Eventually, he began to drive away, looking strangely disappointed without saying anything. Waited until he was down the road and we continued walking, a little shaken. We made it back to the campsite and reported it to the counselor. I didn't get any sleep that night. Maybe I was overreacting, but I dreaded to think what could have happened. 
It finally started raining here, so I took my 14-year-old son out mushroom hunting over the weekend. It was later than we normally would go, and the sun goes down much earlier. But we were taking a trail to the river and back in the hopes of finding turkey tails or chanterelle mushrooms. We took the wrong turn and ended up going through a big field, which the trail would take us back around to the main trail to the river. As we walked towards the main trail, the last group of people had left and it was just me and my son. We walked along and out the thicket side of the trail. We walked along and out the thicket side trail came this weird man. He had his dog with him that was alert at his side. He was staring at us as we walked closer towards him. Then he started waving at us, this really weird slow wave. I was immediately uncomfortable and got goosebumps, but didn't want to be impolite, so I half-hearted waved back at him while staring back, telling my son to slow up a little. I didn't want to actually meet up at the junction. After a full minute of us dawdling, the guy slowly turned and began to walk down the trail towards the main trail. I was warily walking, didn't want to go too fast, and we stopped to look at some plants so the guy and his dog got further down the trail, which curved to the right and continued down on two blocks to the junction. I was thinking, if this was a creepy let's not meet, this dude would be waiting around the corner. And sure enough, he was just standing at the junction, off to the left towards the parking lot, and to the right was a half mile trail to the river. The dude was just standing there, with his dog, staring at us, not moving at all. Both my son and I were like, holy shit, let's keep wide to the right. And saying that he looks old, we could run faster than him. And he's just planning for the freaky deaky, just in case. He kept staring at us. So as we approached, I asked if he was okay. And he just kept staring back. He had greasy hair, teeny round glasses, a blue windbreaker, plaid long shorts, about 50 years old. His dog was a small beagle mix. He didn't answer me at all, just kept staring. We turned to the right and walked about a block. I had my phone cam facing me so I could watch him over my shoulder. And the only movement I saw from him was slowly shifting his direction to continue to stare at us. I didn't say anything else to him. It was moderately unsettling, his stare made more so by the lack of response, emotionless face, weird teeny glasses, slow wave at us. He did leave because on our way back, he was no longer standing there on the main trail. So hey, freaky deaky, far zombie dude. For sure, stay in the thickets and let's not meet. This happened to me today. I had a couple friends decide to go hiking in the local forest, but this time we decided to take a different route for variety. We walked for about an hour. We were a little over a kilometer deep in the forest. Nothing unusual happened until at one point, we started hearing some weird sounds and music like a religious ceremony. We got freaked out and decided to start heading back. On the way back, we heard a bunch of other weird noises. But at that point, our minds were probably playing tricks on us. After the earlier encounter, we got home safely. 
I checked Google Maps in the direction where the sounds came from, but there's nothing but more woods. I don't know what happened, so I'm asking if you people have any possible explanations 